Well, hi, hey, this is Dan Miller. We are ready to go here. Um, got a little bit of a glitch. Not sure what's going on, but anyway, getting ready to, you know what, I know what I need to do here. Hang with me just a second. I need to get rid of that call. Okay. Hey, we are live and ready to go. This is our Tuesday night brainstorming call. You know, every once in a while we got a little bit of a technology glitch. You all know how that goes. It just seems like um, inevitably, once in a while, something happens, and uh, tonight's no exception. But we're ready to go, fired up. Tonight, we're going to have as our guest, Lady J. A lot of you have heard about her, Javada Allison. going to be introducing her in just a second. But just reminding you that on Tuesday nights, every Tuesday night, we're here with you live, taking your calls, your questions, uh, in a particular niche topic. Now, we've talked with people, we talked recently with Ray Edwards about copywriting. We've talked with Deb and Gino about leadership skills. We've talked with Debbie Dearman about being an artist. We've heard Kamanzi Constable's amazing story. We've talked about to Michael Hyatt about Platform University. A lot of you are involved in on and on and on, Andy Traub, Jay Peroni, and a whole lot of others. So every Tuesday night, we tap on the shoulder, somebody who's shown themselves to be leading in the 48days.net community, and tonight is no exception. So tonight I want to introduce my friend Lady J. Lady J, welcome in. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Uh, Hey, we're going to have a great time talking. It's easy to have these conversations when it's somebody you're already a friend with, and we already Ah. know, love, and trust you, so we're just going to talk as friends tonight. Let me give people just a little bit of background. If I gave people uh, your complete background, we'd use up to 48 minutes and have no time for talking. So I I don't want to do that. But you're solidly positioned as a leadership and strategist, uh, coaching people and understanding their unique purpose and how to take action. You've jumped right in the game. I want to have you share about the most this most recent amazing journey of yours starting in January of this year. But you have, uh, you came into the game, you know, ready to go with a position of influence and certainly established yourself with your own credentials, having a doctorate degree and from the Minnesota Graduate School of Theology. You've traveled extensively internationally, and we know you as an entrepreneur and businesswoman. You're on several boards and advisory councils. I just released a, your newest book, You Have What It Takes, How to Finally Start Making Your Dreams a Reality. So, so I'd like to talk to you, and we're going to share things tonight in a way to encourage people. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's easy to look at somebody like you and say, well, gee, that, that's you know, Lady J. That's not me. That's not my life. And yet, you, know, you didn't come into this with a silver spoon in your mouth. You've looked at where you wanted to be, how you wanted to impact the world, and are creating the strategies to do that. So that's how we're going to unpack it tonight. If people have, if, when you hear us talking, if you're online with Alan Jackson or on the phone lines, lots of you on both sides there, feel free to put in your questions. We're going to be switching those questions in about 25 minutes. So if you have questions that you have kind of stimulated in hearing us talk, feel free to shoot those in there, and we'll run them by. Uh, Giovanna, now we'll be t- calling her Lady J or Giovanna. Those are the two most common names that we use in this circle. So either one will work, but address your questions to her. We'll be happy to include those as well. Now, Lady J, 
you know, you have a, have a history of, you know, working, getting your education. Um, certainly not an uncommon path for a lot of people, but primarily I want to look at what's happened just this year. So tell us, you know, I, I want to go back. No, you don't need to do it right now, but I want to go back and identify kind of a precipitating event. You know, Dr. Oh. Phil says we have five defining moments in our life, and you had one of those, but just pick us up kind of this path when you decided you wanted to be a coach in January and tell us some of the things that have happened since then. Sure, sure. Well, again, thank you so much for having me tonight. I, I'm so honored. But seven years ago, I left everything I knew. I left everything I knew and everything I loved. I moved all the way from a little city called Los Angeles to a much smaller city in Montgomery, Alabama. And I moved because I got married. I became an instant pastor's wife to over 5,000 members, an instant stepmom to six grown children. And so I really know what it's like to deal with transition, and I know what it's like to seemingly live out everyone else's purpose except for your own. And I also know what it's like to come face-to-face with the pain of your past. Um, and talking about the pain of your past, uh, recently I, I got a chance to sit down with an incredible coach, uh, Chuck Bowen, and he began to ask me some questions, and he began to ask me what I did, and I told him, you know, I help high-potential women get extreme confidence and clarity so that they can live out their authentic purpose. And he was saying, wow, you know, Lady J, that's incredible. How did you how did you get so much confidence? And then I told him, I said, well, my mom, she always said that no matter what I put my mind to do, I could accomplish it. And I believed her. And he listened to that and he said, wow, that's great. And then the next question he asked was the one that caused me, the one that caused me to think. And that question was, and what about your dad? And I said, well, he wasn't there. Um, I was seven years old, and it was Christmas Eve when Dad gathered us in the master bedroom and said that he had to go away for a while. And, of course, at a seven-year-old, he talked for what seemed to be like an hour, but all I could see was Mama crying, and all I heard was, I'm leaving. So in my seven-year-old mind at the time, I'm thinking, this is all my fault. No, Daddy, please don't go. I'll do better. I I promise. I'll get better grades. I, I You know, I made that D, but I promise I'll bring it up to an A. Just please don't go. And and whatever I I said, he still left. And so I had to come face-to-face with that and come. I know what it's like to deal with um, true forgiveness and uh, understanding that forgiveness is not an overnight process. You know, it's something that happens very slowly, at least in my case it did. But one thing that I really admire my mom for, she always told us to love, pray for, and respect him. And so I did, and I wanted to uh, give life back to him, my dad, and forgiving him. And so I'm interviewing him and going to be asking him some incredible questions about the life and the legacy that he has left, because we all make mistakes and life goes on. And so that now, was really me, a- Yeah, mm-hmm. let me let me expand on that a little bit because I want people to really understand what happened there. Your dad left when you were seven years old. So you grew up mm-hmm. thinking that you had to do more to prove yourself, you know, to win mm-hmm. his love and be approved by the people. 
And now when you see that you're going to be interviewing your dad, that's current. That has not yet happened, correct? That's that's right. He, In fact, he has a – his 70th birthday party is in January, and I called him about just three weeks ago, and I asked him uh, for the honor of interviewing him. And he said, me? For what? And I, my answer was, well, you know, you've got so many good qualities about you, and I want to pass that part of you, that legacy, on to others. And so, yes, it, it is definitely a process, and it's something that I'm so grateful for, that clarity, that hinge moment, coming face-to-face with that which we try to protect. I remember Dr. Meg Meeker talking, and she said, in the course of her lifetime, every woman takes at least one man to the grave, and it's not her husband. It's her dad, either because she loved him so much and she wanted more time with him and he passed away, or either because he was just never there, and she buried him in her heart. And so that was definitely a hinge moment for me. Wow. I mean, that is really significant. And we can feel the emotion that you bring to the table even Mm -hmm. now, years later. But we'll we'll be, uh, golly, we'll be anticipating that and uh, praying for supernatural wisdom as you interview your dad. And certainly look for some process of reconciling, you know, that wound left in a little girl's heart. So mm-hmm. in, in do, so that's one of those hinge moments, as you call it, that prompted yeah. you to do what is becoming so clear to you now. Now, if you wouldn't mind, I know there's another one as well that also hinges yeah. on a, a Christmas Eve. Share that, and then we'll go right into the sequence of things that have happened for you in just the last few months. Sure, sure. Well, one of my best friends, her name was Colette, and she and I were best friends for about 13 years. Our offices were right next to each other. She got sick in September uh, with colon cancer, and she died on Christmas Eve. So the same day that my dad left when I was seven is the same day that my best friend died. And it was just, you know, a coming together moment for me where I realized that I had to do what I was authentically called and destined to do. Um, Colette was only 42 years old. She had never been married, no children. But almost every day she would always come into my office and she'd say, Vana, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to go to Paris. I want to do this. And she had a chance to go to Paris. And so she did live out some of her dreams. But I know that they were not fully realized um, because sickness came and the cancer took her home. And so when that happened for me, I told her parents, I promised her parents that I was going to run the Los Angeles Marathon and I was going to finish that 26.2-mile marathon and dedicate a scholarship in her honor. I finished the marathon, crossed the finish line, and that scholarship fund, I put up a page on my website that says, this marathon is for the memory of Colette. And so I realized that in order to make that scholarship fund happen, I had to get creative about ways to fund it. And so that's when I really got serious about making my coaching happen. Wow. So that those two things coming together, yeah. and again, those events some years apart, but both of them you know, happening on the same day of the year, Christmas Eve, and it really solidified for you. So in many ways, I mean, we, we can't live out somebody else's dreams. These are uniquely your own, but 
in yeah. some ways, you, it just prompted you to make sure that you live fully what you need to accomplish. So when that day comes, and like Colette, we never know how soon the day is going to come, but that you yeah. would never have any regrets or a life half-lived. So you are fully alive in the truest sense of the word. So <laughs> in January of this year, mm-hmm. you decided that you were going to position yourself as a coach, correct? Correct, yes. Okay. Now, again, you came into this. You were positioned certainly with um, academic credentials and life experience, but those are the kind of things that we look for You know, when somebody says they want to be a coach. And you know what I ask people. We, You were just here for our coaching mastery program, and when people ask me, you know, Dan, can I be a coach, my first question is, is not about credentials and training and certification. My first question is, are people coming to you now asking for your advice and opinion? If they are, yeah. we can we can probably position you as a coach. So as a pastor's wife, you certainly had been experiencing that. There was a mm-hmm. reasonable focus of your own purpose and passion, but it certainly engaged those. This was not something you picked out of an occupational title book. You knew that coaching would give you an opportunity to do exactly what you described when you first you know, shared with us, you know, what it is that you want to accomplish, how you want to help women get the clarity and all that. So move us forward from January. What has happened since then? Sure, sure. Well, I'll never forget when I invested very heavily in uh, my own coaching. And, of course, it was a scary first step, so I understand and I can empathize with my clients now when they say, wow, this is a lot, this is a big investment. I've never invested in myself before, but I always tell them that the benefits that the the results of what they actually get in return are so much greater than they could ever imagine. I'll never forget, um, it. I, I say it like this, the floodgates started to open when I was at an event called Speak for Pay with Marshawn Evans in April. Um, she had asked me to speak on her stage about my live events. She had heard about my VIP days and my deep dive VIP days and had heard about the success of those events and wanted me to share those with her audience. Now, mind you, the people that were in her audience, there were Oprah Magazine was there, uh, Miss America was there, um, uh, representatives from Delta Airlines and Tiffany, and you know, really high-level main clients were in that audience. And so as I got on stage for my little four-minute talk, I had visuals and I brought pictures along of the VIP days that I had done. And mind you, I had only done one VIP day when I made that presentation. But I got on stage, I spoke for four minutes, and in four minutes I made $10,000. And I'll break <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll break it down and tell you how it, it's not like I just got a check right after that for 10 grand, but I'll tell you how it happened. Um, after I spoke, you know, sometimes after you speak, you sit down and you say, oh, I forgot to say this and that and this. And so that, those, I was having those thoughts as well. But after the event, several ladies came up to me and said, how can I sign up to work one-on-one with you? I love what you talked about. I can identify. I can relate. You connected with me. So, so how can I how can I get more of you? And to my to my surprise, I said, Well, I'll, I'll be more than happy to um, share with you what I have available. These are my packages, and within the next 
uh, actually within the next four weeks, I had two clients to sign up for my $4,997 coaching package. That's amazing. Golly. So you had at that point done one of your VIP days, one of your deep dive days. Tell our listeners about those. And I love how you use those as a very gentle way to introduce people to being more than they already are, but at the same time, then opening them up to the, the possibility of working with you in deeper ways with your coaching. So tell us about the VIP and deep dive days. Sure, sure. Well, the VIP day is really all about um, ministering to the masses, if you will. It's all about getting the women in the room who are really still trying to seek out what their authentic purpose is. Uh, They're professional women, yet they're tired of living everybody else's purpose and are ready to live their own. I remember a book, I can't recall the author at this time, but she said one of the top ten regrets of the dying are that I wish I had the courage to live a life authentic to myself and not the one that other people expected me to live. And so when I say that, many of the women connect and relate to that. So the Purpose VIP Day is what I call it now. Purpose VIP Day is all about uh, getting clear, uh, getting clarity on your unique, authentic purpose and discovering the power of your own voice. Deep Dive VIP Day, and, and by the way, Purpose VIP Day is only three hours. And uh, for my first event, I had 52 ladies for that. And that was at a $47 price point. Then I introduced Deep Dive VIP Day. Now, Deep Dive VIP Day is when we actually show you the how, how to go ahead and start uh, thriving from what you already know, uh, packaging it together, products, online courses, launching your website type of thing. And that's a full eight-hour day, eight-hour workshop. And, of course, we got to do something a little different. So we add a spa day for the ladies as well as uh, a full VIP-catered uh, lunch. And so that's, that's the difference between the deep dive and the regular VIP. All right. Now, again, I want people to understand you, you just started these. There was no particular prototype you were following. You just decided to do this. And I love the way you did your first VIP day where – you said it was only $47, but the way you presented that was at $247, and then you told people they can cross out the two, which I think is just genius. So a $247 value is how you presented it, only $47, and you had how many, 54 people signed up 52. for that? Yes. 52. Yes, 52 ladies signed up for that event. And what was so amazing, that was my first major, you know, failing, if you want to. But I, I called it just serving the ladies. But here's what happened. After I told them they could cross out the two, there was a collective gasp in the audience. <laughs> like, really? Oh, I'm coming to this, you know. So that was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so you did that. Then the deep dive day. And then you opened up, as you described, your coaching packages. And all told, I know when you were here, we kind of went through the first 60 days of your coaching, and you generated in excess of $16,000. Is that correct? That's correct, 16300 
right. <laughs> so I hope I hope that encourages you know people listening. There are so many people who really would love to be coaching. I mean, what an honorable thing to do to be engaged with people and helping them you know release their very best talents and passions and finding ways to apply that in their daily lives. What what a great opportunity to do that. I mean, I love the the opportunity that I've had for many years now to do that, to be engaged with people in that way. So you did that, and you have continued to blaze the trail since then. We won't press you for all the specifics, but I know, you know, from you being involved closely in our Coaching Mastery program, you know, some of the other successes, that you've had along the way. You are a master at implementation. I mean, a lot of people get the information and then they think about it and they plan and prepare and analyze and never pull the trigger. And I don't know that I've ever experienced somebody who so quickly takes action. Once you have a plan, you implement, and it's a done deal. Just like now with your book. Yeah. (laughs) Tell us about that coming together. Sure. Well, um, the whole process of of a manuscript being on your computer is completely different from actually launching it to, to the entire world. And I had let my manuscript actually sit on my computer for quite a while because, you know, you want to make sure that every I is dotted, every T is crossed. But I had to say, you know what, the same level of action that I used with the VIP days and the deep dive VIP days, I need to use with the book. And so the final uh, manuscript is going to the editor for the final run on tomorrow, actually, um, the book called Ooh. You Have What It Yes, the book called You Have What It Takes, and we're expecting a launch in January of 2015. And really, that's the message that I really want to convey to everyone um, that reads that book, is to let them know that it starts with having confidence. You've got to believe first that you do have what it takes. That doesn't mean you have to have all the answers, but it does mean that without any action, there is no traction. And it does mean that you have to start before you're ready. And that's one thing, Dan, that I have really learned from you is because in the interview you did with Michael Hyatt about all of the products that you launched, you know, I'll never forget when you said when anybody asks you a question or the same question three times, you make a product for it. And that stuck with me. And I realized, hey, people are asking me the same question about how do I know what I'm going to do? How do I know what I'm built for? And so I said, well, you know what? There needs to be something to serve these ladies so that they're not splashing around in the water. In fact, one of my clients gave a testimonial. She said she felt like all these years she had just been splashing around in the water, never getting anywhere. But when she hired me as her coach, she finally got traction. Now she's writing her first book launching her own products, and she was so shy. But to see her actually launching her own events, it's just, it brings tears to my eyes to see women walking in their authentic purpose. Wow, absolutely. You know, the benefit for you as a coach, for me as a coach and others, is how we not only get to experience seeing people have the lights come on, but it helps us in our own journey. 
And I could yeah. not measure the benefit that I've had from being able to work with people who, in the process of finding their own dreams, helped me clarify my own. And, mm-hmm. I, and I've, I think I've seen that in you, even in this just short time that you've been coaching. Boy, the, mm-hmm. the, the more you coach, the more confident yeah. you are in what you're doing, in the processes that you're using, and you're experimenting. You experiment with the VIP days. Mm-hmm. I, I know I, I encourage you to actually slow down, <laughs> not, not, do, not do them so frequently to make to right. make the urgency greater mm-hmm. there. Yeah. But I, I was concerned about your level of activity, all the things that you were doing. I want to talk to you a little bit more about that in a second, too. But okay. So you've done the VIP days, the deep dive days, your coaching packages. You've put together an online curriculum, and you have mm-hmm. uh, a clarity pack that you're offering already, and you've written a book. I mean, again, your your level of creating new things for this short period of time has been pretty astounding. Wow. What do you have? What do you have on the on the docket for the remainder of this year and into 2015 that you don't already have in place? Sure. Um, well, I just want to go back backtrack for just a second and just say you helping me to really uh, frame my deep dive VIP days, doing those only three times a year, really helped the um, the expectancy and the excitement of the day to go up. And so yeah. I know I, re- I remember you saying, you know, do the do the VIP days just once every other month and deep dive only three times a year. And that that advice has proved to be so helpful and 100% true. Actually, the next deep dive VIP that I have coming up is December 5th, and I actually only have two more spots for that. But what is left on the uh, docket or what I'm working on now is something called Ambition to Position, How to Position and Price Your Coaching Services. I've had in the last four weeks 12 coaches email me, Facebook me, reach out and say, how can you help me get clear? How can I be a coach and actually get clients, get an audience, get paid? And so going back to your advice, how anybody asks you a question more than three times, I created a package where I'm going to have people will get one two-hour one-on-one coaching breakthrough session with me and a bonus one-hour session 30 days after their first session. I want to get them clear on their message, help them create their sales funnel, help them successfully set up their coaching packages, and plan their live events for 2015. Basically, I'm going to teach them in less than 50 days what it took me five years to figure out. Um, and then the, the value of knowing that price. And uh, actually what I have for tonight is the first 10 people who sign up We'll get it for four ninety seven and only four ninety seven and then the first three people who sign up, I'm actually gonna give them a free one hundred dollar spa day gift certificate to Burke and Williams Day Spa. And so that's wow. the for tonight. Yes. Wow. Jeez, I need I need to take a pause here and call Joanne on the phone and get her to sign up. She would love <laughs> us. She, oh she wow. Would, <laughs> she would love the, the spa day, obviously, but you would also mm-hmm. love working with you. You guys uh, have already met and bonded and have your wheels turned, and I know that. Uh, we've yeah. got guests. We've got guests at our house tonight, so 
Uh-huh. Joanne is probably not listening live, but I'll certainly alert her to that. Well, tell people where, where to go to get that. Since you uh, laid that out here on the table, where do they need to go? Sure. Thank site? you, Dan. Yes. I appreciate that. They can go to my website, Javana.com, and Javana is spelled J-E-V, like victory, O-N-N-A-H.com, and just click on the very top bar. There's an orange bar at the very, very top. That says, if you're a coach or want to be, check out my new ambition to position coaching package. And it's right there. You know, I, I love the way that you put those little tags of optimism and even in telling us how to spell your name, which needs spelling, incidentally. We've had a <laughs> lot of fun with that, and I know you get yeah. a lot of var- variations on your name. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, yeah. Most people call you Lady J, but, you know, you J-E-V as in victory. What a cool thing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> B, is, B is the first letter of victim, but obviously yeah. you're not going to use that to relate to your name. So B oh, is no. a victory right there. <laughs> Middle wow. of your name. All yeah. right, so for $497, they get that, and they can go there to your to your site and see all the details that you just described to us, correct? Correct. And, again, they're going to get one Wonderful. two-hour session and a breakthrough session as well. Okay. Wonderful. Wow, that's awesome. Well, you're very correct. Well, I, I have said that many times. Most of the things that I do today, I started just in response to multiple people asking me the same questions. And you're right to, to jump on that. And what you've done has certainly already been an inspiration to a lot of other people who'd like to position themselves as coaches. And there are people who have been kind of trying with their toe in the water you know, for five years who have not had the kind of dramatic results that you've had very quickly. And it's not magic. It's not that you were just lucky or in the right place at the right time. You just simply took action on the specific things, you know, that were laid out. You've made them happen. Now, let me ask you an obvious follow-up question. And incidentally, if you're listening and have a question for Giovanna, just uh, shoot it to us. I'm watching those as they come in. Be happy to answer as many of those as we can. You've got questions about how to position yourself or how to achieve some of the things that Giovanna has talked about. Uh, just shoot us a question. But the, one of the obvious questions is, mm-hmm. you are the wife of a pastor. Typically mm-hmm. on Sunday, you attend with your husband speaking how many services? Um, at a minimum, five. At the max, seven. Five or seven services. I mean, that sounds exhausting just to think about it. And I know it that a pastor's, <laughs> pastor's wife's duties do not end on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It goes beyond that. But with the expectations of you, the demands in your time, having six stepchildren, albeit grown, still certainly have lots of needs there. I mean, with mm-hmm. the, the writing, speaking, coaching, the things that you do, and really with the things that it appears you have added onto your schedule just since January, an obvious question is, how do you make room for all that? How do you make room for the things that are important? How do you balance the unending demands that are coming your way? Yes, that's an excellent question and one I'm actually asked frequently, and I call it having margin. Um, Michael Hyatt introduced me to a book called Margin. I can't, I can't uh, recall the author, 
at this particular time, but it's about creating my schedule so that people fit into my schedule and I don't fit into theirs. I do all of my coaching on Tuesdays and Wednesdays for my paid clients. Then for those that just want counseling sessions or they just need that, you know, that attention for the church, I have my ministry appointments on Fridays between the hours of 12 noon and 3 p.m., and they know that. They know that this is when Lady J has her office hours for coaching, and this is when she has her office hours for ministry. And I also made it very clear in the very beginning that my coaching is a business. I did not mix ministry and coaching. I made the two very separate. In fact, for my first live event, I got so tickled because the VIP day, you know, I was thinking, people said, well, why don't we just have it at the church, you know, in the fellowship hall? I said, no, never. I will never do that because this is a business. And so people need to know that it's a business. So my first event was held at a hotel off-site, one of the most, you know, beautiful hotels in the city. And that way they knew going into it, okay, this is a paid event and it's also something that um, is completely separate from the church. And that has actually served me very, very well. But um, making that margin, having balance, learning how to say no, and also uh, saying yes to the best things. I know we were talking at Coaching Mastery about the book that Lisa Turker just did called The Best Yes, how to graciously say no when you feel the pressure to say yes. And that has, she gave, lays out some awesome suggestions in that book of how to actually do that. Um, and one of the ones that has served me well when people want me to do something and I just don't have the bandwidth to do it is um, something that goes a little bit like this. Um, you know, I am so honored that you reached out to me for your excellent project, and I wish you nothing but the best for it. However, at this time, I just simply don't have the bandwidth, and I'm actually not taking on any more projects for anyone during this time. But I'll be sure to pray for your success. And that, you know, <laughs> she, she lays out tips like that that works really well. That's great, Kelly. And I, I will second your endorsement of Lisa Turquist's new book, The Best Yes. Uh, She wrote it primarily for a women's audience, and I absolutely loved it because she does such a great job of just what you described, how to say no to things that are worthy, deserving, honorable, godly at all, and yet to say no so you can say yes to the things that are most important. Yeah, really good. And if people want uh, now, Mar- Margin, the author of that is Richard Swenson. And then ah. another one, another one that um, we're going through in the mastermind and that Michael Hyatt has recommended a lot as well is Essentialism by Greg McCowan. So th- those three, if any of you are struggling with how to manage your time, Margin, Essentialism, and the Best Yes are certainly highly recommended to help you with that. I love how you are so intentional about the use of your time so that you coach on Tuesdays. You have time set aside for ministry things, but that's not just open-ended. I think one of the things that's so tough for people in ministry is that they don't create any boundaries, and they're available essentially 24-7. That's not healthy for anybody. And so to create those clear guidelines, for the intentional use of your time is, in fact, how you do accomplish great things. 
you know, if you just respond to the squeaky wheel, uh, you don't have time to write books and to create courses and to do coaching and all of that. Now, I want to I want to go back a little bit again because you breezed right through something that is so critically important. A lot of people in the 40 Days community have hearts of service, hearts of ministry, and are already doing what looks like coaching already, mm-hmm. making that transition where it's not just free because you're the nice lady at church or the nice guy in Sunday school class, to make mm-hmm. that transition where you comfortably tell people, I'd be happy to meet with you, that's what I do. You know, which of these mm-hmm. options would work best for you? Right. Again, with your position as a you know, highly visible first lady of a large church, mm-hmm. did you experience directly, at least, any resentment from people? I mean, you, you can't see everybody in that block of time you describe on Friday. Did you experience any pushback or resentment to the idea that, wow, you're the pastor's wife and now you're getting paid to talk to people and encourage them and support them? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. It, it came not as directly. It was more indirectly as far as if people um, couldn't come to an event. And for instance, someone would say, I really want to come to your VIP day, but I can't afford it. And so I would tell them, well, listen, you know, this is a business. And so if you can't come to that, you can come to the Bible studies that I do on Thursdays. Or wow. you can come to um, the other events that I do. We just had a wonderful women's conference. And so I'm, my heart is very much still serving the women in our congregation. You know, I make sure that we do something called Matters of the Heart. This is a free event where all of the women of the congregation come together. I usually do it on the last Friday of every month, and we just all come together for a fireside chat, and it's just us girls in the room, and we're talking about all kinds of issues, and so they have me available for that, so they're more understanding to the fact that, you know, hey, every week, Lady J is teaching a free Thursday Bible study. Every last Friday of the month, she's doing Matters of the Heart. We have a women's conference, plus I can see her on Fridays if I need to, so I didn't get a lot of pushback in that way only because I've made other options available for the masses who aren't necessarily entrepreneurial-minded and ready to walk in their purpose in that way. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's a really good solution so that nobody just gets a closed door. Everybody has an opportunity to participate. But now that brings up kind of the, the, the other side of that, Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I know where this is going to go, but why would somebody choose to pay you $4,900 for your coaching if, in fact, you have so much that is available free that they can participate mm. in already? That's a great question because that's an excellent question. What I provide for free doesn't even touch the surface of what I give for paid. Because what people get for their paid coaching, what that is, is more business, entrepreneurial. In fact, the three packages that I have laid out uh, for my coaching services are planning and launching your own live events. Uh, for example, they'll get things like my You Have What It Takes Masterclass, 
um, that one-on-one personal attention with me. They don't get that in other areas. Um, they'll also get things like my Millionaire Clarity Pack, the Deep Dive VIP days. So there are different things that I'm offering for those that actually pay for that lasting relationship. And what's interesting is um, the clients that I coach are actually renewing their coaching packages. I had uh, two ladies over the last week ask to, you know, they wanted to be uh, clients for life. And that just oh. made me feel really, really good and really helped to validate, you know, what I'm, what I'm working on. Oh, my gosh. What an honor to be asked really? yeah. for you to coach them for life. Yeah. I mean, what an amazing just privilege to have people – value what we do in that way to ask for that kind of ongoing connection. Yeah. Now, you described that you're, you're paid coaching, the coaching that you, where you really pour your heart and soul into it, it is more entrepreneurial, leading people into business. Yeah. You have, you have a background of being involved in ministry organizations, pretty mm-hmm. much without exception, if I'm correct. Your degrees, you have a doctorate in theology. That usually isn't the, the foundation for somebody to be extremely entrepreneurial. Where did you get that bent with your oh. academic and work experience that you are so entrepreneurial? Hmm. <laughs> it's funny that you asked that. Ever since I was a little girl and that event happened on Christmas Eve, I always looked for ways to make my family happy. And I always looked for creative ways to help bring income into our family. Um, ever since I was a little girl, my I got my first job when I was nine, uh, and it was a job that I actually created. Um, I saw a need uh, that my next-door neighbor had, and she was sick. Her name was Jeannie, and she was sick, and she couldn't care for her yard. So my nine-year-old little self walked over to her house and said, Miss Jeannie, I would love to help take care of your yard. Um, I can um, pull these weeds for you. And I and my heart wasn't, you know, it was just to serve her. It wasn't seeking anything. But what she would give me, every time I would do that, she would give me $10 and a Klondike bar. <laughs> and so... <laughs> And, and that was that was in the summer months, but it really that helped to build my entrepreneurial uh, uh, muscles, if you will. But also other things that I did, like working in the principal's office. Um, I was really around growing up a lot of high performing people. My mom uh, is a retired college professor, and so um, she always had my sister and I. Um, we didn't watch much television growing up. You know, we could, but our priorities were in other places. She had us do every week something called Bible reports and news reports. One of our jobs was to read at least one chapter of the Bible, and then we had to write at least a one page, sometimes we could get away with half of a page, of a report about what we learned. And, of course, I was nine, so I would find the the biggest paper that I could, that I could get done really fast. But I would just write it out, and that created a discipline for me um, of being committed to a good work ethic. And we had to do the same thing for 
watching the news and being aware of current events that were going on in the world. And so I think um, that entrepreneurial uh, bug or gene came from good people. I didn't get to where I am by myself, heaven forbid. I've had amazing people along this journey. And where I am is because of them. It's because of God's glory, God's grace, number one. But then I've had incredible people helping me along the way. I'm not different than anybody else on this line. I'm just, I just believe in taking action. And um, as a high B and a high I on the disc personality, uh, you know this, Dan, I'm all about ready, uh, fire, then aim. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I, I can use my C and S friends uh, every now and then, but I believe you've got to get in the game, just like you say. That's where it happens. Oh, absolutely. Let me integrate uh, some of the questions coming in here as well. Uh, and and Athena says, and this is more just a, a compliment, she says, my ministry and my business seem to have melded together, which has made it more difficult for me to monetize my time. I love the suggestion of making sure the two are not held in the same location. That really is a great point, to just have that kind of separation for those. When I know when I started I was teaching a Sunday school class, but it grew beyond the confines of what we could handle in a Sunday school class. We moved it to an outside building on the church campus and mm-hmm. started started doing it on a Monday night. And mm-hmm. so it, it had that it, it seemed like a separate workshop, not just one more Sunday school class. But that really was the foundation that filled my coaching schedule. I never mm-hmm. you know, we, we didn't promote that there, but people would come on Monday night. And Tuesday morning, you know, the phone would ring, and a guy would say, you know, hey, I'm a dentist. I didn't say anything, but I was in the back of the room last night. When can I come in and see you? So uh, mm. it was a it was a feeder. The things that I was doing in ministry sense were certainly a feeder for the paid coaching that I was doing. So even though they're yeah. separate, they can they can work together. They can fuel each other, like you talked about, you know, so gently redirecting somebody if they can't pay for your coaching. Certainly, get involved in the other options that you have available. Um, yes. Archie asks, do you love public speaking, and have you always been passionate about it, or did that just come with your passion for coaching? In essence, do you see speaking as being one of those necessary things you need to do to fuel your coaching, or is it something you really love as a standalone action? Yeah, you know, I love I love empowering people. I love seeing the light bulb go off in their head to where they really get that confidence and clarity that they need that says, yes, I can do the same thing. I have what it takes because that's what I want to give to other people. But I certainly believe that uh, speaking and, and in particularly speaking in venues where your audience is, is one of the fastest ways to get clients and to be in your circle of influence, if you will. Um, again, I've got my well, I got two of my first clients because of that speaking opportunity, and so um, it's definitely something that I that I do enjoy. It's something that I embrace, and it's all about the people in the audience when you're speaking. I just read a book by John Maxwell called Everyone Communicates, but Few Connect. And in that book, he talked about when you're speaking, you need to ask yourself the question, am I feeling what they are feeling instead of 
do they feel what I feel? No, do I feel what they feel? And it becomes about your audience. It becomes about your clients, about your customers. And so speaking is definitely something that I embrace and that I actually enjoy. Okay. I know that when you were in town here in Franklin last week, you and my wife Joanne uh, went over to Patsy Claremont's house and had dinner mm-hmm. with her. And people recognize you know, Patsy Claremont as that little bundle of bundle of joy and humor, one of the mm-hmm. founding speakers with, at Women of Faith, the conferences where she speaks to 10,000 women at a time. And yeah. certainly you can get inspiration from somebody like that, somebody who is mm-hmm. doing one of the things that you would like to do. I mean, with yeah. the old principle, the old Jim Rohn principle that we talk about so much is you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So mm-hmm. you want to spend time with people who are already doing the things that you want to do. I know that in your conversation with Patsy, you ask her about her own happiness, which is really yeah. an insightful uh, question. You want to share mm-hmm. just Kind of quickly, it relates to what we're talking about here, but how did she describe the happiness in what she's doing? Sure. Well, I I just appreciated that opportunity to spend that time with her. But as we were sitting there, we were eating our pizza, our gluten-free pizza, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't know what came up in me, but I, I felt the boldness to ask her, what is her definition of happiness? And if she was happy, and um, as soon as I asked it, I I thought to myself, wait a minute now, this is Patsy Claremont we're talking about here. Of course she's happy. Um, But, again, there was something on the inside at me tugging me to ask um, because I wanted to learn from her. I wanted to hear from her. I wanted to learn from this giant of the faith. And so with her genuine smile and her eyes that look like they can only go to the core of your soul, she responded in a way that, I tell you, went right to my heart. And she said something like, oh, honey, I have been so blessed to have a healthy balance of happiness and sadness in my life. She talked about how she knows what it's like to experience significant sadness, I mean, deep, deep sadness. But then she said, but yet I know what it's like to have extreme pockets of joy. And that when is, she says, yeah, yeah, yeah that those is pockets so, of joy. Mm-hmm. So inspiring. You know, we look at somebody who is doing really well and think, oh, my goodness, if I could be so lucky to have the life that mm-hmm. they have. And I'm sure there are people, you know, right now who are looking at you thinking, oh, my, if I could only be so lucky to have all the, the lucky breaks that you've had. And yet it mm-hmm. still comes down to having those pockets of joy through yeah. the inevitable obstacles and times of sadness that we're all going to have, but yeah. still to keep focused on what our overall you know, priority yeah. is, what we want, what we want our life, how we want our life yeah. to speak. Yeah. And there's, yeah. there's an old Quaker saying that I grew up with, you know, that, where they yeah. say, "Let your life speak," where yeah. without even saying words, you know, people can look at you and know the kind of life that you're living. Now, and Al, Alan. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I, I wanted to, to encourage someone who's listening tonight who may be having that extreme sadness and you're trying to find that pocket of joy. I want to encourage you to use your pain for purpose because you aren't going through your pain for no reason. 
You know, I didn't go through what I went through in the losing of my best friend for no reason. There is a bigger story, and you can use the lessons learned from your pain to help someone else. Um, Psalm 35 says, weeping may endure for night, but joy does come in the morning. And so I want to encourage that person who's been rejected. You know, maybe your dad left too. I want to encourage you to use your rejection for direction. Rejection hurts. It, it stings to the core. But just think about how strong you are becoming because of it. And so I believe you can use that rejection to guide you into the next season that is meant for you to have. Just want to encourage wow. those out That That's great. Thank you for adding that in. Alan asked, with everything you've accomplished so quickly in the coaching field, what's next? And let me kind of expand that a little bit. I know that you, Kelly, you and your husband ride motorcycles. You run marathons. Okay. I mean, there's a whole lot of other things that you do. You go back and forth between California and Texas to see family on both ends. I mean, what, what plans, even outside of the coaching, speaking that you've described, do you have on, on tap? on your schedule for 2015? Yeah. Well, one of the ones, of course, is the Ambition to Position coaching package that I mentioned earlier. That's that's a beta test group that I'm really launching because the first 10 that sign up for that, my goal is to create an online course to help coaches actually start getting paid for their coaching services. So that's on the coaching end. On the personal end, one of the goals that I wrote out at the beginning of 2014 was to love my family well. I wanted to love my family extremely well. And so what I have on the docket now is to do just that. I'm going to be traveling uh, here in just a few more weeks. I'm going to be seeing my family, connecting with them, loving them, um, and also, you know, the, in, the interview with my dad, as I mentioned before, um, and just pouring life back into them and saying thank you. Um, sometimes I don't believe we say thank you enough to the ones that have been there for so long. Um, I once heard a quote that said, we treat new friends like gold and old friends like silver. Well, mm. um, uh, the old friends need to be treated like gold. And and um, that's what my intention is, is to love my family extremely well and to let them know how much they mean to me. And because right. that's really why I'm doing all of this. All right. Any marathons coming up soon? <laughs> You know what? Um, I just did marathon number 13 in, uh, let's see, in March. And I believe I'm going to do probably not a marathon, but more like a 5K. I need to, uh, yeah, need, need to be kind to my body for the next few months. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, hey, we wish you the very best in terms of success and expansion of your ministry that you apply in so many ways. Uh, tell our listeners one more time about this uh, phenomenal coaching package that you've got available and where they can find that. Sure. It's called Ambition to Position. You can get it at Javana.com. That's J-E-V, like victory, O-N-N-A-H.com. If you are a coach, you want to be a coach, and you're struggling getting an audience, getting clients, getting paid, um, I will offer you two, one, two-hour coaching, one-on-one breakthrough sessions, and a bonus one-hour session 30 days after your first session. And I will also, for the first 10 that sign up tonight, 
will get it for $497. And the first three that sign up will get a free $100 spa day gift certificate to Burke Williams Exclusive Spa or whatever spa is in your area. And actually, as we've been talking, Dan, uh, I only have one spa gift certificate left. Two of them were just taken. Oh, yeah. Well, and if they're on your site, I did just open up your site. I had to look a little bit, but there's an orange banner at the very top that has that package in it. So click right at the very top of Giovanna's site, and you'll see that. Well, Giovanna, thank you so much for covering out time to be with us tonight. I know you're intentional about the use of your time, and it's not a small thing to ask you to spend an hour with us, but you've been an amazing encouragement to to me and all of our listeners out there. We'll put this in the archives and refer people back to it for months and months. Of course, your special will will be over by then, but the rest of the content will certainly stand alone as a timeless encouragement to coaches and anybody who really wants to move forward with their God-given purpose. Well, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Thank you so much, Dan, and thank you to everyone on the line. I just want to mention, I'll hop over to the chat box for just a